Welcome to the Spike Feed, your leading Magic the Gathering podcast. What is up? My name is Curtis, and I'm just your typical Spike. On the line with me, my good buddy, executive producer extraordinaire, and cardigan enthusiast, Cameron McCoy. Friend, what is up? Which, by the way, can I just say, I'm so glad you've moved to analog watches, because what could go better with a cardigan? Like, you're going to wear an Apple Watch with a cardigan? Like, come on, man. No, no. Like, we got to play the part, right? All I'm missing is a cigar, an ascot, and, uh, on, you know, away, away we go. Yeah, yeah. You just, you know, look the part, be the part. You know yeah. what I mean? Thank you. Thank you. Um, and there's not probably a lot of executive producers out there rocking cardigans like you. Uh, there's more of us than you think, dude. <laughs> I, I'm sure. I, maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. So, Cameron. <laughs> Not like a super huge show today. We're going to talk a little bit about what we've been playing, a little bit of Shadows Over Innistrad Remastered, kind of what else we've been up to. Um, look, there is not much interesting to tell you in terms of magic this week. The most notable story was that there was a bug that people were abusing to get free wins. Hmm. Um, and... Watsy's put out that they're going to address that, and if you abused it, then you could be facing suspension. Um, here's what I suspect, Cameron. Your head's going to hit the pillow tonight, and you're going to forget that this ever happened, and you're going to forget that this conversation ever occurred, and your life will remain unchanged. I think that's a that's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. What were we yeah. talking <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, we're just not at that level where it matters to us what rank we are on. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly, we're not good enough. But also, <laughs> um, so I, I, I want to acknowledge that story. But look, dude, there's a new Explore metagame. There's a new draft game. But it says here that you've been playing standard. So yeah. zigging when I'm zagging. What's going on there? Yeah, so uh, it just, like how my week kind of fell. I just haven't been online the past, like, few days and so i have i i actually forgot that shadows over innistrad came out uh just because of i've been away from my computer and away from magic on or arena excuse me for past couple days but i was able to get in some standard matches last week or earlier in the week and um checking out this mono white deck that seems to be all the hotness right now um and it's really good it's really really good and um you can tell the state of standard by main decking so many specific hate cards that are addressing one very specific card, which is wedding or wet, well, I should say not wedding announcement, but addressing Fable the Mirror Breaker uh, by having cards like Cather Commando, um, Lorne of the Third Path, and and then Farewell. I mean, like, I mean, we're talking a lot of hate specifically to remove enchantments and sometimes artifacts, but really enchantments. Uh, you play Destroy it, Evil as well? <clears throat> yes. Yeah, I have that in the, uh, yeah. So, I mean, right, like, th- there's so much in this sort of, like, deck that is so specifically geared towards one thing that I feel like it can collapse under its own weight <laughs> because it's so specific with what it's trying to do, but because of how the metagame is right now, because wedding announcement, fable and mirror breaker are just so prevalent as far as like that three drop enchantment. Um, honestly, having something like a commando or the third path in your list, like on turn three, that it's there's nothing wrong with this. 
Um, and I feel like mono white right now is actually performing. I've had some really good success with it, specifically because I've been playing against a lot of the Grixis matchups and a lot of Esper matchups. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it is, is because you're running farewells and then your other creatures and other planeswalkers just are larger and bigger threats in late game where if you can stay alive to that point and you're using like these very specific creatures to remove the enchantments, um, you can stay alive long enough to like just go bigger essentially. And that's what this deck really is succeeding at. So um, all really, really cool. Also like one card that I just haven't really played a lot of just because I haven't been playing a lot of white or control lists is lay down arms which is i mean i know it's a sorcery but one mana exile anything with the number of like planes you have because of this mono white list and because you just stay on curve so well you also stay really well on curve with your opponents where if you're playing a very hyper aggressive matchup man it's totally grid you know like i'll give you three life and remove this threat that's going to kill me or late game it just it does so much. Like I'm just kind of shocked at like how much heavily lifting lay down arms is, and um, I'm ashamed that I haven't actually had a chance to really sink my teeth into this card because um, it' good. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, it's been in my explore uh, blue white list for a minute now, um, and I don't. We we've kind of talked about it in passing. I don't think blue white's very good in explore right now. So. Okay. Um, it's not something that I've like gone to a lot or talked about a lot. I've found the fires deck to be the deck that I've played the most, <clears throat> the most of my style, but like black red is also still really good in explore and things like that. So, you know, being able to snipe, uh, very particular cards and different, uh, archetypes, um, in explore and in like in standard, this thing is nuts. Right. And I think you're talking about like staying on curve. Like, the mono-white deck wins a lot in standard by virtue of the other decks having, like, a sudden hiccup or not doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Which happens more than you might think in the Esper Legends deck. Um, I find the Grixis deck to be a lot more consistent with, quote, what it does. Um, But you're right. Like, both Grixis and, you know, Esper have these... They're riding really hard on their three-drop enchantment, and then if you blow it up with Lorne of the Third Path, yeah, it's a really hard thing for them to recover from. And even like I've even had mono white matchups where I'm on Asper Legends, and they just continually use the draw function on Lorne of the Third Path, and I cannot keep up, yeah, because of the amount of just the volume of stuff that they have that doesn't require much extra work. So, um, it's a good card. Or it's a good deck. Yeah. It's a very medium standard. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, this this standard deck, honestly, it should be like that tier three most most standards. Uh, but because it's like so hyper-focused on like like those two top performing decks, um, it does really well. Um, and yeah, I put up some wins, which is cool. Yeah, and, and like the decks that would kind of prey on it, like kind of like the go big blue red deck for example yeah, like yeah you know there something that would play brothers uh, uh is it brothers war yeah like the actual card things like that like it's just those decks can't beat grixis or esper legends and so they can't really you know really prey upon this there's also and, and not playable there might be one out there but there's not a 
blow up all the things card, like a planar cleansing that hits planeswalkers. Farewell is great. Yeah. But against so many of these decks, like you're just not hitting planeswalkers, and it's a massive problem yeah. against mono white, right? Um well, well, I guess against mono white, but when you are mono white, it's a great like benefit, right? I was picking um, up your buzzer, yeah. <laughs> uh so Cameron Shadows over Innistrad Remastered. Um, there's good and bad. I have kind of complicated feelings about this. I want to say this. I rushed through three drafts as quickly as I could because I had to go out of town. Uh, and I knew I was going to be in a place where I couldn't play very much. So I did two drafts before I left, one just now. I've lost an overwhelming majority of my matches because I haven't had a lot of time to focus on like what's in the set and all this. And I mistakenly believe that um, it would be a lot like Eldritch Moon, Shadows Over Innistrad Draft, which I did a lot, to the tune of redeeming Eldritch Moon twice for every card in the set. So I really, really, really like this set. Now, here's what happened. They have this thing called the bonus sheet. And the bonus sheet has cards from previous Innistrad sets, right? Mm -hmm. And they rotate every week. Here's the good side of that. I will always take that over alchemy. If you're if you're yeah. really wanting to freshen up sets and make them change from week to week and keep people drafting, just swap out some of the cards. Cool. I'm into it. Great. It has felt like, <laughs> as someone who really knew the previous set, I get it, it's a remastered thing, the lanes have kind of changed because not only did they add extra cards, they changed the rarities on some things. And some have been shifted up, some have been shifted down, whatever. We don't need to get into the details, nothing major. But my first draft, I opened a Grim Flare, pack one, pick one. And Delirium was a very strong draft deck because I don't know if you remember the card Vessel of Nascency. It's a one green enchantment, right? And you, okay. could, you could sack it to get, you know, look at the top three and get a land or something, right? Um, or a creature. Well, that was a common. And so I got Grim Flare, and I was like, sweet, Delirium, here we come. Picking up Delirium, no Vessels of Nascency. And I found out after the draft, when I was listening to the podcast on the road for limited resources, oh, they shifted it up to Uncommon. So the thing that I was counting on is somebody that knew the set previously didn't exist, and LSV is on the the podcast saying uh, Green Black Delirium is probably the worst thing in the set. And I was just like, awesome, but... The way it kind of has shaken out because they've added these cards and rarity shifted around, it's way, way, way more of a tribal set. And I can tell you that as someone that's been on the receiving end of some pretty vicious beatings by spirits, by werewolves, by like... And and that kind of was a thing in previous Innistrads. I'm not trying to set that aside, right? Mm-hmm. If you were in the green-red color pair, you were probably drafting werewolves. But it is it feels like a tribal set in its current incarnation where like previous Innistrad was like, yeah, you were blue white flyers and there were some spirits, but there were also some angel cards and some other things, right? Yeah. Like Archangel Avison's a, a white uh, angel, angelic bomb. Um, so it is a really good set. It is not a terrible draft experience. In fact, it's almost certainly better than all will be one, uh, which is like a really low bar yeah really low bar and i'm very excited to see that these sets have come out but again i'm kind of questioning 
the logic of adding these Innist- original Innistrad cards to it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'll, I'll take that over alchemy, but it kind of hurts the consistency of it. Where yeah. I don't know if you remember Amonkhet Remastered, all the extra cards they added, like Sphinx's Rev and Collected Company, were like just rares or mythic rares or whatever. They were kind of, you know, and yes, like that sucked in terms of the wild cards. Um, but it just, I don't know, it feels a little disjointed, but yeah. maybe I'm missing something, I guess is how I would put it. But this this format's going to change next week, so maybe it'll be fine after that, you know? I, I'm struggling with everything that you're just saying about this set. First and foremost, like, in a way, upshifting the rarity of certain cards almost feels like its own version of alchemy, which I hate. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, we're changing something, especially just for, like, the game of drafting, right? Like, because I always mm. find that, like, that is just like playing Magic the Gathering, the game. Drafting is such, like, an integral part of, like, this one aspect that, I don't know, changing something like that can affect how you draft, where something like Delirium all of a sudden becomes maybe bad. But, you know, I'm welcoming all these new cards. I, I'm struggling with all of this. It's almost like I want them to, at some point, can we get, like, the real pure version of, like, what this format was five, what was that, six years ago or whenever that was? I think that would be beneficial, just the way that you get the actual draft experience with Kamigawa, or the new Kamigawa, I should say. I would like to have something like that for, like, these older sets as they continue to be released just give me like what that draft experience was in 2015 yeah and maybe it's just the bottom line is it's a good idea and the implementation isn't all the way there yet yeah you know like i i I, i'm really struggling with trying to sound too negative on this because look i am coming off just getting my rear end handed to me and it's very possible that i'm just totally missing something super obvious um but it did feel a little bit like the, the the floor shifted beneath my feet a little bit and again, maybe next week when they add whatever cards, I'll love it. So mm-hmm. the format kind of ebbs and flows, and maybe that keeps it interesting. Um, but you do kind of lose what was once the original intent of the set. And also, I would say the Innistrad sets don't combine as well as you might think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, I, that That's another kind of – they're very separated um, – and kind of experience, right? Remember the original Innistrad was a very high-powered set. Liliana the Veil, Geist of St. Trath. Like, yeah. there was some really, really, really powerful stuff. And Shadows was much more powered down. Um, but here's what else I've done. I slapped together very quickly um, ArcLightPhoenix.deck. And now I have things in the ice on Arena. So that's cool. That's cool. Um, and I found that it's probably not very good, again, because you don't have a combo finish. Uh, I'll play it some more, but also, if your opponent resolves a Shieldred, that deck is miserable too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, So there's those problems, but you don't have a way to go over the top. So maybe like th- there are some really good cards that got added to it. My suspicion deep in my heart is Spirits is the thing that's going to become real as a result of this, not so much Arclight Phoenix thing in the ice. Um, so, you know, craft your spell quellers is what I would recommend. Um, I've gotten destroyed by both in draft and in explorer 
by getting spell quellered out of clean nowhere. So mm, it's yeah. back, baby. It's ready to go. It's All ready right. to quell your spells. <laughs> but I, I would also say that like on a personal level, one of the things that I'm really having trouble dealing with is while I really like that I have two card games to engage with, when one has a much better draft product than mm. the other mm. right now, like it just came out this last week, um, it's really hard for me to take time away from one to play something that is still probably a 7 out of 10. Like, it's still really good. Like, this is me saying you should go out and draft Shadows over Innistrad. I know it doesn't feel like that. Um, but, you know, the new, the, new, the new Fab draft set is freaking fantastic. So... Yeah. It's just kind of like that. You know what I mean? Um, so, Cameron, what decks do you think you're going to build? Are you going to try and build Cocoa Spirits? or? Yeah, I mean, like, it's like one of those things. Like, I, I like having multiple decks in, like, these non-rotating formats. And if you spend enough time and just earn your gems, like, you can slowly get there or at least have a quasi-optimized list, you know, that can be competitive. Um, but, yes, to your point. Uh, spirits is one. I mean, I'm going to get my things in ice just because why not have them? They're fun cards to play regardless of whatever it is. It's just fun to sometimes mix it up. Um, so yeah, those are, those are the two that are like kind of jumping out at me. Um, dude, like, so can we just talk like, did you see any snapcasters? What's going on with, with like that card? I think snapcaster is not currently in the Okay. 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 But don't hold me to that. I think it is. They do themes, and one of the theme weeks is flashback. So I would assume that he's that in. Sense. He's in that. Does Snapcaster actually say the word flashback? I don't think it has flashback anywhere. I mean, flash and bring back from <laughs> the graveyard. I don't know. Cameron, you would think I would have read that card once in my life. Right, yeah. You read it no. once in like 2010 and then forgot about it completely because it's such a amazing card. It, it's iconic. I mean, I know how it works. Do I know what it says? No. It's no, like I'm a no. Yu-Gi-Oh player. <laughs> you know? It's fine. Um, <sighs> anyway, so we'll see. Like, You can go online and you can see what the different theme weeks are and kind of mm -hmm. start to suss out. But also, I've not seen Gristlebrand. Uh, I know he's out there, and Imrakul, the promise end, is also coming. All so. right. Graveyard, uh, here we go. <laughs> all right, Cameron, let's get out of the segment, come back, and talk about what else we've been up to. All right, Cameron, so you actually got into the Diablo 4 beta. All I know about mm -hmm. this is that it was hard to get into. I was going to say, the queues have been very hard to get into. You have to wait a while. So, and, and I would say I'm a very mild Diablo fan. I really like the series, yeah. but I don't. Like, most of the games I've played through once and then never touched again. So, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, where are you at on this, man? Yeah, so Diablo 2 is just something I have a passing cursory knowledge of, knowing that people are obsessed with it. Um, and back in the day, we used to do a video game podcast, and I just remember that being a thing that people talked about a lot. Uh, then Diablo three comes out and former show host Dustin, you and I, I can't believe it's been 10 years ago, uh, played that together and I had a good time playing it, but it just never really sunk its teeth in for me. I, I 
I get Diablo, but it's maybe just not the sort of thing that I want to be spending all my time with. Um, And I think that honestly rings true with Diablo 4. There is a lot of cool things that they have kind of included in this quote, next gen Diablo. Um, but I can already tell that like, if I were to drop my $60 on this, I, I mean, I would play it. I think I would have a lot more fun if I had like you and somebody else and we actually formed parties and, and did these campaigns and quests together. I would have a lot more fun. Um, it's, but it's like one of these things of like, I get it. It's just maybe not quite for me. That being said, if you are a Diablo fan, I'm sure you've already played this, but I can't get over just how good of a quality game it is. Um, like everything from the like controls are just razor sharp, razor tight. Um, it's like one of the best, like I was telling you earlier, one of the best looking games I've played on the PC in recent memory. I mean, it's not doing anything spectacular or anything. It's not taxing my system, but the way that they use like lighting and just kind of like that overview, everything just has a real painterly quality to it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it, it, like there are certain scenes that just are very evocative, like just they look like something straight out of like Lord of the Rings from, you know, Aragorn smoking his pipe and watching as Frodo disappears for the first time. It just has like that sort of vibe to it. And it just looks really, really, really good. Um, and I, I, I mean, playing this on the PlayStation three prior to coming to something with like modern day hardware. Now it just, man, it just looks spectacular and cutscenes were all fine. Just kind of generic, decent, I guess fantasy story, you know, like you know what you're supposed to do. You're given the quest, and away you go. Um, I was playing a a barbarian, um, and everything seemed to be on point for as far as like how the barbarian plays. Um, and when you get into the games, it would take a long time to get into the games, but once they actually were going, it played fantastic. I mean, it just ran like butter. So I don't know. I was it was very like for something that I'm just not into and. I don't know if I'll ever go back to, honestly. Uh, I was very impressed with what it is. And if you're into this type of RPG formula, man, you're going to have another decade of fun. Sounds awesome. Uh, It's it's cool. Like I said, it's cool. Yeah. I I, I would say I have the same relationship I have with Destiny. Maybe I connected with Destiny a little bit more, but it's like you have this awareness, like if you're flying solo, that this is really not the way you're supposed to be playing. And uh, getting together a play group is enormously difficult oh, yeah. for me. So, yeah. uh, like, all that effort, like, ugh. ugh. <laughs> um, so, Cameron, I, I think I've mentioned this game before. Um, I, I was looking for a game to play while I was on my road trip and on the Nintendo Switch because I, um, you know, your your wife has told you you can't have a Steam Deck and I don't want to make you feel bad by buy, buying my own Steam Deck. So Thank you, yeah. As soon as you buy one, that will make me feel comfortable buying one. So um, tell her that, that she is not only holding you back, but also myself. Um, So anyway, uh, I was like trying to find something to play and landed upon Monster Train. So Slay the Spire is solitaire card game that if you're a Magic player is really good. Like there's a lot of carryover and it's a really great Switch experience especially when I'm on family vacation because it's solo. I can turn it off at any moment, 
freeze the game, pick it back, the run back up. I played a lot of Slay the Spire. So there's this other game called Monster Train that is a Slay the Spire. Like, it's the same kind of thing. So basically, it amounts to a single-player draft, right? You add a card every once so often, Slay, Slay the Spire's like this too, and you try and build your deck in a roguelite, and you either fail your run out or you win your run, but you're just playing with that same pool of cards that you build as you go, and when you start a new run, you start all the way over, right? And on its surface, Monster Train has everything going for it. Slay the Spire is probably one of the least attractive video games out there. Um, and Monster Train looks better. It's got a really cool concept. You are a train of monsters. Uh, hell has frozen over, and it's up to you to rescue it with uh, the, the different uh, clans of demons on a train riding the ember ember last ember the last spark into the heart of it through the frozen tundra so um <laughs> sounds dope right and yeah. the fact that the game isn't silly about it makes it great right like it is obviously not taking itself seriously but it doesn't do a bunch of dumb puns and stuff it's like look man we are demons and this is what's going on and it's wonderful it's just something about and, and this game is really good, and I'll probably keep playing it, but it misses the magic of what Slay the Spire and what Magic the Gathering specifically have is when you really craft it, like when you really hit the right draft and everything comes together, hmm. the satisfaction of that oh, is yeah. just something, right? And Monster Train just hasn't hit that for me yet. I'm very early. I haven't ground grinded out all the cards, but Slay the Spire I think was much better about you're st you started to see the combos like early on in the game of like, oh, this character has a thing of discard and it's effectively a madness deck. So let me try and draft that and see what happens, you know? Um, so again, going back to my original pathos here is it's hard to play something that I feel like is second best in that moment mm. when I could just be playing more Slay the Spire. So Monster Train, definitely good, definitely worth a shot. But it is not Slay the Spire, which is okay. incredibly depressing. <laughs> so that is what I have for you. Um, I know, Cameron, you're like, wow, that is very lukewarm. I don't know yeah, how to feel yeah, about I mean, that. You set me up with like riding the last train of an ember through like a frozen tundra. Yeah. And, it's a, <laughs> and, and again, visually, graphically, wow, is it a lot better than Slay the Spire. Mm-hmm. Slay the Spire looks like it was like scribbled in the back of a mad magazine or like cracked magazine <laughs> yeah, in 1997. Yeah. Like it does not look good. But man, mechanics are everything with the, when it comes to card games. And Slay the Spire is like very, very close to perfect. Like it's really that good. Mm -hmm. And especially at the high levels. But um, yeah, that's what I have. I know that's like a really disappointing bombshell here, Cameron. But here we are. Hey, um, I'm here for it. Yeah. So if someone would like to get a hold of you and tell you why you should get on a train and ride through a frozen tundra, where could they find you, Cameron? It's all on Twitter at Cameron underscore McCoy. And I'm at Curtis Now. Our official show feed is at SpikeFeedMTG. We'll check you guys next week. <laughs>